Congratulations. You're pregnant. I bet you're delighted. But I've had a couple come to me recently feeling absolutely terrified. This baby is going to change our relationship forever. In today's podcast, I'm addressing questions from the audience relating to pregnancy and sex. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Neelima Deshpande and this is V for Vagina, the podcast that dispels myths and misunderstandings about the vagina and empowers women to embrace their sexual energy, vitality and well-being. In this podcast, I'm accompanied by Niranjan Medikar, the CEO and founder of Sounds Great, the company that helps me create and market this podcast. Niranjan is an amazing creator, writer, columnist, and an author, and his podcast, Sex Verbold Bindast, which is showed on Storytel, is one of the most listened podcasts in Marathi. He's here today to help me sort through the hundreds of questions I've started to get on social media, and as well as in response to the podcasts I've done here before. A lot of these questions are very personal, very intimate, and I needed help to sort them out. Thank you, Niranjan, for helping me to answer these questions. Thank you, Nilima, ma'am. I'm back with some more questions. And here is the first question. We want to enjoy a relationship before having a baby because we think having a baby is going to ruin our relationship. Right? Is that true? <laughs> a baby can have many different effects on your relationship. Um, I would say one thing that's really common amongst all the patients and clients and couples who come to me is that I think over 80% of them have no idea the effect a baby can have on their relationship. Our society is so programmed to understand that having a baby is all it takes to make a great relationship. And, you know, if your relationship's not going great, just have a baby and it's going to fix everything. I would say that having a baby, having another human being come into your life is one of the most magical things that you can create as a couple. For that baby to be a wanted baby. For that baby to be celebrated. For that baby to be able to grow without the influence of any kind of projections of the parents' issues is one of the best gifts you can give the baby. This preconception about what you really want and what you need from your intimate relationship can affect your decision to have a baby and how you're going to manage the ups and downs that happen once you're pregnant and once you actually have the baby. So I would suggest, you know, to backtrack a little bit and say, well, did you actually get a chance to communicate with each other before you got into this long-term relationship? What it means for you as a couple to be growing and living this life together and are babies a part of it? And if they are, how is it going to affect your ability to deal with your work, with your current relationships, with your family, finances, and maybe the influence this particular baby will have on other children that are already part of your family? And if this is going to be your firstborn in the family, what are your plans for future children? I think once you take the responsibility of becoming a parent, the focus shifts to the child and its needs. 
that doesn't mean your sex life or intimacy has to end as a couple your responsibility to your relationship to topping you and your partner up so that you feel completely engaged celebrated full of love and compassion and able to enter your life with that feeling is your responsibility it's not your baby's responsibility to fill you up so my suggestion is that whenever you plan a baby it should be when you actually want one and you're willing to invest the energy both psychological and physical into bringing the child up we're going to talk a lot more about how to maintain intimacy through pregnancy and after delivery but i'll say this when you're planning a baby it's important to not work for the baby when you convert sex into work either because you're doing ovulation testing or you're doing timing in your menstrual cycle and saying this is the best time to have sex to have to conceive a baby and then when it doesn't happen or your period comes every time you go into a dejection mood that's going to harm your relationship your relationship is more dependent on your communication with your partner the times that you spend cultivating closeness your ability to have open conversations about the emotions you're experiencing your fears your anxieties and concerns and feeling heard and acknowledged being able to communicate differences in your levels of desire depending on your menstrual cycle uh, or what's happened with the previous cycle if you didn't get pregnant the effect of any kind of contraceptive you were on before you decided to stop contraception and then start planning for a baby and how long it's taking for you to conceive we know the who recommends that it can take almost 2 years for a couple who's having unprotected sex to get pregnant that doesn't mean you wait for 2 years but it does mean that even though you've decided you want a baby it can take some time so what do you do in between the time of your decision and the time that you actually get a positive pregnancy test so many factors can affect the relationship i would say communicating about your needs and preferences your desire for intimacy and sex and support to feel close and loved is more important than the timing of your sex or intercourse what kind of family support you have if you have a lot of family pressure about getting pregnant then that anxiety is going to make you feel less sexy it's always going to be on your mind when you're having intercourse this is where couple self esteem comes into play and you learn to set boundaries so that external pressure doesn't actually get to your relationship you know how to navigate questions and answers by relatives and in-laws when they start badgering you about when you're going to have a baby if both of you have decided what you're going to respond with then it's easier to put boundaries around such questions so it doesn't affect you sometimes getting pregnant can be a journey and this is especially true if you're having fertility treatment the effect of medication and hormones and the treatment process and having to attend hospital itself can be quite draining and can affect your relationship so you need to be open enough to be able to discuss this as well i hope that answers your question thank you ma'am that's very elaborative and you mentioned about intimacy during pregnancy on which our next question is 
So the question goes like this: Is it okay to continue to have sex during pregnancy, and what are the risks? Most of the time, we are told that it's not okay to have sex during pregnancy. Yes, I often have couples who come to me who say that um, they were told by either their mother or their mother-in-law that now the lady is pregnant; she's got to sleep separately. You can't possibly be sharing the same bed. What if? What if you feel the urge to have sex? Oh my God! Something's going to happen to the pregnancy, and this kind of drama plays out in every woman's brain once she gets pregnant. See your need for feeling close, for intimacy, your desire for sexual connection doesn't go away just because you got pregnant. It's just different. Carrying the baby of the person you're with in a long-term relationship can be an incredibly intimate. loving and close experience to be able to celebrate it with intercourse seems quite natural and surely if the pregnancy is a healthy one intercourse doesn't actually make any difference to the pregnancy itself a healthy pregnancy actually can't be disturbed by by sex or movement or exercise or many other things the problem comes where the pregnancy is a little bit complicated for example if there's been bleeding in early pregnancy or the ladies had previous miscarriages or preterm labor or preterm deliveries or they know that this particular pregnancy uh, has twins or maybe there's some sort of procedure done during the pregnancy to tighten the cervix it's called an os tightening all of these kind of complications are ones where it's best to consult with the doctor who's looking after you during pregnancy to decide if having sex during pregnancy is safe or not and by sex i mean intercourse the other thing to realize is that the mother's condition through pregnancy changes so the feelings of desire and wanting to be intimate and wanting to have sex can go down in the first trimester when the mother's experiencing a lot of nausea and discomfort and is generally feeling a bit sick uh, in the second trimester when all of these symptoms subside the the lady can experience an increase in desire and then as she goes into the third trimester where the belly is big the baby is starting to move and kick around and she's generally less mobile and less flexible that can affect how she engages with intercourse it's quite important that she doesn't lie on her back for long periods of time once the pregnancy is advanced and that the couple choose positions to have sex in that don't let her lie on her back for long periods of time or not at all so it's possibly with her on top or her lying on her side or from behind many times women will experience that there's more dryness uh, and will need a lubricant so using a water based lubricant that's safe uh, is is important when having intercourse during pregnancy also during pregnancy it's important to understand when not to go ahead so if there's any kind of pain or discomfort or bleeding it's important to go back to your doctor and get guidance on whether it's okay to continue to have intercourse or not okay ma'am the next question is related to intimacy one lady asks i have been told by the doctor that 
दे शुड नॉट एंटरटेन एनी काइंड ऑफ इंटीमसी सो वॉट इज द डिफरेंस बिटवीन बींग इंटीमेट एंड बींग सेक्शुअल एंड वॉट आर सम स्पेशल सर्कमस्टांसिस दैट नीड टू बी रिमेंबर ड्यूरिंग प्रेगनेंसी दैट्स अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग क्वेश्चन आई वॉन्ट डिवाइडेड इन टू टू पार्ट वन इज अबाउट इंटीमेसी दैट इज सेक्शुअल एंड इंटीमेसी दैट्स नॉट सेक्शुअल there are so many different kinds of intimacy you can have emotional intimacy intellectual intimacy relational intimacy so in my definition intimacy is what you do that allows you to feel close to each other so the very fact that you can sit and discuss how your baby's going to be how your relationship's going to be affected with this pregnancy feeling open feeling safe and in a non-judgmental environment can nurture intimacy the ability to disagree with your partner and still know that you're loved and appreciated is also a form of intimacy creating time and space for each other to discuss the important issues relating to the pregnancy to the baby planning your life ahead planning your finances is also a form of intimacy but i'm guessing that this is not the intimacy that this particular reader or listener was indicating most commonly couples think intimacy is about being in the bedroom together and then that leads on to sexual intimacy and intercourse in the bedroom being close engaging in touching caressing appreciation is a form of intimacy intimacy that nurtures a feeling of safety and security deep relaxation is important it can actually help the pregnancy the more relaxed the mother is the more joyful she is the more positive emotions she experiences the happier her pregnancy is going to be couples often complicate this issue by projecting their expectations of intercourse to this aspect of intimacy and this is not just during pregnancy it happens with regular relationships as well in fact i recently had a couple where the wife was so upset that every time she went to hug her husband he automatically thought she wanted sex and every time he came around to touch her he always ended up either brushing her breasts or touching her buttocks or trying to touch her genitals even when she's fully dressed and this has become a really major reason for their fights this can happen during pregnancy as well men can feel threatened by the fact that the woman is pregnant and she's no longer going to desire them the same way the way they look at the man has changed if the relationship is based on strong communication and bonding then this need not be a problem the man understands how the woman's brain is changing because of the hormonal effects of pregnancy that her need for care concern appreciation and touch is just as important when she's pregnant as it was before she got pregnant particularly for a lot of women their bodies change so much through pregnancy that this can affect their self confidence and their feelings of being attractive enough to their partner the reassurance their partner can give them through pregnancy to how much enjoyment the couple can derive from intimacy during pregnancy so for some examples is actually scheduling time even during pregnancy 
to get close to each other, maybe to just lie next to each other, to caress, to touch the skin, and give equal importance to all parts of the skin because the skin is the largest organ. So scheduling time to be intimate and maybe to use um, certain neutral oils like coconut oil or almond oil, not particularly using any kind of fragrances in it, can be really helpful for the woman to feel relaxed. And it allows the man to be engaged with her body as it changes. And the feelings of being threatened are much lower. So, so my advice would be that it's not that they want to stop being intimate, but they want to be able to have intercourse with guidance, especially if she's got any complications during her pregnancy. What is the concern about the doctor or her family members for the wife or the lady when she's pregnant is that Oh, you know, she'll do something and something will happen and she'll start bleeding or she might lose the baby or some kind of threat that they perceive. The truth is that the risk of this happening is very, very low. In a healthy pregnancy, being intimate, you know, touching each other, caressing each other, and even intercourse is not particularly damaging to the baby. Unless, like we've talked about in the previous question, is that there's some complications during pregnancy, whether there's bleeding or leaking or a threatened um, labor, that there's a solid reason for not having intercourse. And even in those conditions, being intimate, lying together, talking about your fears and concerns is a form of intimacy that is to be encouraged and not discouraged. Okay. Ma'am, next question is about condoms. So, what about using condoms during pregnancy? Is it necessary? That's an interesting question because we often associate condoms with preventing pregnancy. <laughs> so, you would say, why am I having sex with condoms during pregnancy? And there can be many reasons for it. One reason, which is quite a common one, is that there's a prevalence of yeast infections through pregnancy, particularly if the lady's diet is very sugar-rich or carbohydrate-rich. Many women experience an increase in yeast infections uh, during pregnancy. And at that point, it may be advisable that uh, they use condoms. Again, it's important to remember that some of the medication that is used to treat such infections can contain oils, which can then damage condoms. The second reason you might want to use condoms is if there's a risk of infection entering the vagina from having intercourse. So, for example, if the man has, uh, has an infection already, and we, in, in medical terms, we often talk about this uh, for couples who, who are, have uh, HIV. So, HIV discordant couples where the mother and even even if the mother is HIV positive or the father is HIV positive, even then we recommend that when they have intercourse, even if their baby's been conceived, that they continue to use condoms. Another reason could be where um, you don't want the semen to come in contact with uh, the vagina or the cervix. We, we know that the semen contains prostaglandins. And this is one of the reasons where Sometimes when uh, the man ejaculates inside the vagina, it can trigger some uterine contractions. And that may be another reason to use condoms. And of course, the last reason is, if you're having sex with somebody new, the chances of that is quite low. But if at all it does happen, it's important to use condoms to prevent sexually transmitted infections, which is one of the commonest reasons why condoms are used. So either if you're with a new partner or you're with a partner who has multiple partners, it's important to continue to use condoms. 
it's a difficult situation because who's going to admit that they've been having sex with multiple partners and then they're having sex with you even though they know you're pregnant? <laughs> it uh, doesn't happen often. But again, if you are with somebody new and you don't know their sexual history, it's safer to continue to use condoms. Okay, thanks ma'am. And here is the last question related to having sex in the last trimester. The question goes like this, my due date is just on the way and my doctor said, if you want to have a normal labor, go and have sex. Was this true? Is this right? And what are the considerations? This is, uh, sometimes it's considered like an old wives kind of advice, you know. <laughs> because, uh, say, oh, if you have great sex in the third trimester, close to your delivery date, you're going to labor naturally and you're more likely to have a normal delivery. Well, in part, it is true because we know that women who go into labor by themselves are more likely to have a vaginal delivery than women who need to be induced. Well, what does um, the jelly or the medicine that doctors use to induce labor contain? It contains um, a very important um, chemical called prostaglandins. And prostaglandins stimulate uh, contractions of the uterus and make the cervix soft. But prostaglandins don't work at all stages of pregnancy. They only work when the uterus and the cervix is already ready. You know, like in the third trimester, they, they do work better when the conditions are already favorable. So when you have sex and the semen, which contains small amounts of prostaglandins, flood around the cervix and inside the vagina, there is the possibility that um, this can trigger uterine contractions and help the cervix to become soft. But I know from research that there is no uh, evidence that actually having intercourse close to your delivery date will help you to go into labor, have a normal uh, delivery. I think you've got an equal probability of it happening. It just so happens that in the third trimester, when you're close to your delivery date, any kind of activity that you do, uh, anything that increases your ex excitement, that increases your engagement with your body, triggers pelvic floor contractions and relaxations, breast and nipple stimulation, all of this can trigger uterine contractions. Uh, but it won't happen just by doing this. <laughs> your body would already be on the verge of going into labor and then it just so happens that you happen to have intercourse and then it led you to uh, go into labor. The other thing that can happen is it helps you to relax. And because, you know, when you're having great sex and you're enjoying intimacy and closeness with your partner, the last thing you're thinking about is, oh my God, why isn't this baby coming? Oh my God, uh, it should be on time, blah, 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 blah. So you don't have all this chatter going on in your head. And sometimes being relaxed and in the moment, is, that is enough for your body to start preparing to go into labor naturally. Remember to like, subscribe and share this podcast with whoever you think needs to hear it. If you'd like to talk to me one-on-one -on -one for a personal consultation, get in touch with me via my website www.drdr.com. Nilima, N-E-E-L-I-M-A, Deshpande, D-E-S-H-P-A-N-D-E.com. And you'll find a button there where you can click and book a slot with me. And I'll be sure to respond to any of your queries. Thank you. Disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast 
is at the user's or listener's own risk. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.